Hello and welcome to the Collective Wisdom Podcast, the podcast that explores how to be a wiser version of yourself. This is a podcast that helps you to tap into your own inner wisdom and find the answers within you for how to live your best life. I'm your host, Kat Preston. I'm a certified life coach and I help people to turn down the noise in their heads and tune into the wisdom in their hearts. Every week, I'll be asking my guests to tell their stories about what they've learned along the way and share some of their wisdom with us. I'm so thrilled you can join us. Hey there, my wise friends, and welcome to another episode of Collective Wisdom. I have some good news. My guest today is all about smart wellness, and she suggests you can cancel your gym membership, and she has some great ideas for what you can do instead to live a long and healthy life by making some small adjustments to your everyday routine. Neuroscientist Dr. Julia Jones is passionate about transforming public health. In 2021, following a year of experimenting on herself and tracking the results during the pandemic, Julia launched a new approach to health called Smart Wellness, in which she aims to challenge some of the myths that 50 years of diet and exercise plans have promoted. You may have already come across Julia's work as she's made several appearances on TV here in the UK, including a spot on Steph McGovern's show Packed Lunch on Channel 4. And the Times newspaper recently ran a feature on her new business, Neuron Wellness. With a string of very impressive qualifications to her name, Julia has spent over 30 years studying the neuroscience, psychology and physiology behind optimum wellness, and then teaching people how to apply that science using simple tricks and techniques, now known as biohacks, to optimise our ancient, inbuilt biological systems. To that end, she's published three books so far. Firstly, The Music Diet, then Neuron, which outlines the key habits that form the foundations to smart wellness and the science behind why they work, and the recently published F-Bomb, which she delves back into how we've evolved and why so much of her approach is not just based on common sense, but is harnessing our natural evolutionary programming. I ran into Julia at a workshop hosted by David Hyatt called Lazy Discipline. The room was full of people who spoke my language and Julia's approach to becoming a healthier version of yourself is definitely in the same vein. These are simple habits, such as exposing ourselves to natural light as early as possible in the morning, or turning the shower to cold, or aiming to improve your gut microbiome by eating a more diverse range of foods, and perhaps keeping the window of time in which you eat a little bit shorter, or even just asking yourself, what are you grateful for every day? That's what forms the basis of, of her approach. As Julia explains herself, biological aging is an inflammation-related process and continuous low-grade inflammation is now known to be at the core of pretty much all of our health problems. It's certainly worked for Julia, who's gone back to being the same weight she was in her 20s and lowered her biological age to well below her 52 years. And her personal favourite biohack, due to the many ways that it's proven that the brain responds to it, is music which is also how she's come to be known as Dr. Rock and can regularly be seen on the stage doing her best Jimi Hendrix impression whilst at the same time promoting her own life-enhancing methodology. Now, regular listeners may notice that I haven't started our conversation with my usual intro, which is simply because when we started the call, Julia joined the call and we started talking and she was just straight into it. Her enthusiasm for the work she's doing says it all, really, and I didn't want to break the flow. 
So we just go straight to the heart of what she does and why it's so important. I hope you enjoy the conversation. You believe- so it's all about talking as many to as many people as possible, whatever audiences they are, and you yeah. know, small businesses through to corporations. It's yeah, because it's because people talk to other people to talk to other people, and they tell other people, and you'll be surprised. You know, this word of mouth is powerful. Yeah, even when you're just telling a few people. Yeah, I think I think that's such an important message for people is that if you're running a, you know, I have a lot of entrepreneurs, people who are setting up their own business, and you think you need to shout very loud on some of the biggest platforms, which you've also done. But actually, the engagement often comes through someone who just has been touched by your work, and then is willing to shout about it. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly, exactly. Absolutely. And and I think the bigger piece, mm -hmm. sorry, I keep keep sidetracking, but the, the, the bigger power of doing the big media is that it makes everyone else believe it a little bit more you yes know, it gives that it's credibility. credibility it's like it maybe telly. maybe what you're saying is right because I saw it on the telly or I saw it in the newspaper or something yeah and I'm still saying exactly the same thing as I was five years ago you know but yeah. but people yeah. are believing it the, the more media you get the more people believe you yeah oh absolutely and and I think the more people are realizing that, you know, it's it's something we've all got to start to address because obesity is not going away, and and you know some of these diets are just not working. So it really is about how can and what I love about your approach is they're not difficult to implement either. It's not like yeah. oh my god I've got to go through this great performance. It's it's yeah. and you can almost like pick and choose the ones that work for your lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that's what I put in the in the F bomb book I actually put like a tracker chart in the back to to be able to pick a habit and just home in on that you know rather than trying to do it all which the neuron book very much was that it was like here are all the like 30 things I do like tiny things I do in my daily routine but that's a lot for someone to adopt you know and and even if you can only adopt one especially the fasting one which is probably the most the one with the most impact right so so what was what happened when you know i i dug into the research when i did the neuron journey and the experiment and then kept going and i actually went backwards because i was like right I, i got really into the evolutionary anthropology research that's been done right now in the 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 remaining hunter-gatherer tribes that still exist in the world. There's wow. a ton of ton of evolutionary anthropology going on there, measuring their gut health, measuring their calorie expenditure, measure, measuring their total energy expenditure, looking at how we used to live. And obviously our biology has evolved for that lifestyle. Mm. So, so it's so there's some really interesting and, and I started digging into that in the neuron book talking talking about that and the how the body has kind of a calorie ceiling so so if you do tons and tons and tons of exercise then there's only so much energy the body can produce and so if you're asking the body to use all of the energy reserves for exercise then it has to compensate by taking some of the energy away from other bodily systems. 
Mm. So there is an there is a ceiling, and and f- as a sports scientist, you know my my I first qualified as a sport and exercise scientist, and it was all about burn off the calories. You know, the more exercise you do, the better. But but, but the the research clearly shows that it just doesn't work like that. There's a, there's a ceiling, and you don't need to do that much. And it's not about burning off the calories. So anyway, to cut a long story short, I started going down this evolutionary anthropology science research route. And went back millions of years and as i kept going back from the very beginning it started to become evident that just through coincidence a lot of the key words that chart our health journey over millions of years start with f so so we started as foragers you know back in the day we, we were foragers we we wandered around, walking around, collecting fruits and vegetables and, you know, a massive diversity. There's thousands of plants on the planet that we could eat. So there was a huge amount of diversity and we were foragers. But then we learned how to control fire, which meant that we could start cooking foods and extract more nutrients from raw foods that we couldn't do before in their raw form. Mm. So that changed the nutrient profile of our diet and gave us access to a lot more calories, so a lot more energy. And that is now believed to have played a role in the development of our frontal lobe, another F. Right. Which is, which, you know, that is the area of the brain that houses the prefrontal cortex. So our ability to plan, have ideas, you know, take action, collaborate with others, our, our kind of social engagement, decision making, all of that. And one of the decisions that we made that we thought was a brilliant idea was another F, and that is to become farmers. Absolutely. And it all started going wrong at that point because that meant that we were then able to eat a lot more meat because we could keep animals instead of having to chase them around Mm. to, to kill them. And we were growing crops, which meant there was a much narrower diversity of plants than when we were going out into the wild and collecting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the diversity of plants started to drop and the amount of meat that we were eating started to started to rise. And then it went on with loads more Fs, you know, then we started using fertilizers so that we could have a much greater crop yield. Then that became mass production. We have factory foods. Mm. Then we started using fructose corn syrup. Then we started getting fat. So we said fat was the enemy when it wasn't. Then we said fitness will fix it. And, you know, it's so all these Fs were just coming along this journey to to the point where, you know, I say in the book where we got to a point where it's all fucked. You know, I mean, the, the health <laughs> system is, you know, is the ultimate f-bomb word and that's where we are right now it's our health status is appalling we're living a really long time but in poor health yeah and that's now become the norm it's like oh well you're early 50s you'll you know you'll get your first medicate repeat prescription for something or other some kind of chronic chronic illness and then that'll be the journey for the rest of your life mm. and it doesn't have to be that way and the, and the f's that get us out of the hole are fasting fermented foods fiber fun friends family fur you know pets wow. pets are uh, uh, a wellness aspect frequencies so sound and music factors of longevity which are the longevity pathways that have been identified at a cellular level now that that 
um, drive autophagy, so the mTOR, AMPK, and the sirtuin pathways that we now know are activated when we're doing this fight or flight intense exercise, freeze, so cold water, heat, extreme heat, so things like saunas, all of that. So, so all of these things basically show us that everything that I was telling people to do as a sport and exercise scientist for decades, which, which is still being promoted to people now, is inaccurate. Right. And we need to be living much more closely like we were tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of years ago. So you've really gone back foragers. into the, yeah, the ancient wisdom of it all. That's, I think that's what I respond to is that it makes perfect sense that we're looking back at how our bodies were first designed and first yeah, programmed exactly. to, to make them respond, you know, in ways that, that yeah make perfect sense it's not yeah exactly and, and you have to you can't change the design the design is the design because we evolve so slowly it's, it's never gonna you know this biology is not going to change in our lifetime or our you yeah. know immediate kind of descendants so it's like you know having a car and a boat if you, if you have this amazing boat but you're trying to drive it on the land yeah, it doesn't yeah. work. But if you put that amazing boat in the sea or in the water, it's it's incredibly efficient. And that's what we need to be remembering about our bodies is that this biology is designed for a certain type of life. And that type of life is not modern life. Mm. So you have two choices. You either need to go and live like a hunter gatherer in the natural environment or you need to learn how your biology works so that you understand the bits of your modern lifestyle that negatively impact this ancient biology. So you can put things in place to mitigate the effects. Yeah. So things like having a later breakfast or turning the shower cold at the end of the shower or learning to breathe properly, you know, all of these things can help our ancient biology exist and live function properly and optimally in this crazy modern world that we've invented. Yeah. And, and, and what I also love about it is it's kind of taking full responsibility, full ownership of your own health. You know, yeah. it's, it's yeah. really empowering. I think yeah. that's, and, that's, and that's the beauty of where we're, where we're at, because the smart wellness sector, and this is why I kind of called this whole approach that I'm promoting smart wellness rather than biohacking, because it's about learning about your biology, but also using the smart technology. You know, this Ura ring is telling me, tons of data that that shows me how what I do in a day affects me the next day and affects my sleep and everything else you start to learn about it and the gut health tests the heart rate variability monitoring all of that used to be confined to university labs you know or, or medical facilities whereas now it's all readily available in the consumer market and is getting cheaper and cheaper which means that it is easier for us to get in the driving seat but there's the knowledge gap. And that's why I did the books and the online programs and everything else, because there's no point doing a gut test if you don't understand what it means and how to take action on it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, because I, I haven't got to that point yet. I haven't done a, a gut test, but it's just I'm sort of trying to get into the into the state of just being able to implement some of these habits. And then, as you say, understand a little bit more about how your own body works, how it responds to things. But yeah. what I love about your approach is that you can you can then, you know, read the book if you're interested, start start just looking at 
why your brain responds to certain habit forming and how, you know, that, that thing about habit stacking was yeah. really powerful for me, building in little things into your routine. So the, the going out in the morning and just getting some light. Yeah. Yeah. Helping you to, um, yeah. Lose sleep. Do you, yeah. To be, yeah. to be aware of how important that is makes you want to do it more yeah. regularly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's obvious once you think about it, right? I mean, our, our ancient biology, we, we evolved in the, in the outdoor environment over millions of years. This, this system is ancient. Yeah. And, and so it, it uses daylight and sunlight to predict what time of day it is. So if you're never giving your brain access to sunlight, it's confused. Yeah. And, and that system doesn't work properly. And the, the beauty of changing that habit for me, and the reason that it was so simple is that, you know, my first job in the morning, let, you know, when I go downstairs, let the dogs out into the garden. And I used to stand, you know, inside the door, I just open the door, they go out on their own. But all I did to change that was to go outside with them. Mm. Really simple change is to yeah. just go outside with them instead of standing outside waiting for them to come back in. That gave me hours and hours and hours of extra time in terms of my first exposure to to morning light. Yeah, and and indoor light is not you know not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. And, and I think it almost it you know just as we're heading into winter, it almost feeds into that, which is. There is a time when, you know, we should be out and about more. And then as it gets to winter, still go outside. You know, you can still do that and, and get the daylight, but know that perhaps your body does need even more sleep, you know, yeah. during those sort of downtimes, those seasons where yeah, there's, there's less light around. It's kind of, again, yeah. back to that responding to ancient kind of systems yeah. rather than yeah. always, exactly. I mean... That idea that we we can be like machines, I think, is is what's causing some of the stress. Yeah, and and it's about thinking through the logic of it. You know, I get a lot of corporate executives very proudly say that they go to the gym. You know, I go to the gym, I, I squeeze it in after work three three times a week, sometimes four times a week. And I'm like, okay, let's just walk through that. So you've had a really busy day, and so now what time are you leaving the office? So it's like half six, something like that. Yeah six half six right so then you've got to go through rush hour traffic to get to the gym so now you've arrived at the gym you're checking in and you take your bag to the locker you get changed then you're getting up into the you know into the gym so what time is it now so seven half seven maybe right okay then you're starting your workout under bright artificial artificial light overhead lights that are sending signals to your brain telling it, it it's morning it's morning because mm. blue light is the spectrum of morning light so you're telling your brain with pouring blue light into that it's morning banging music so you're hyper activating your autonomic nervous system into fight or flight mode at the time of day where you should be dampening it down ready for high quality sleep so you've done all of that now you've got to have a shower, then you've got to drive home. So now what time are you home? Half past eight, nine o'clock, maybe later. Now you're starving hungry. Mm. So you're going to have poor decisions around food or you're going to cook well and eat even later. And all of that is negatively impacting your sleep quality. And we now know that sleep is one of the most important yeah. wellness pillars. 
So your gym habit is negatively impacting your wellness. And it might be increasing your fitness because your cardiovascular fitness will improve and you know your your musculature and bone density and things like that might have improved but they will immediately drop off as soon as you start stop that habit and mm. this this sleep deprivation debt that you're building up of not getting high quality sleep is far more damaging so you're better off cancelling and this is what i'm saying to people cancel your gym membership focus on your wellness and once yeah. you've fixed all of your wellness pillars if you like going to the gym and enjoy it and, and can afford that as an extra spend, then then do it. But but understand what it is and isn't doing for your biology because it's being missold. It's an incredible revenue model. Mm. You know, I, I built a health club chain in the, in the 90s. It was sold for many, many tens of millions of pounds and it remains a superb business model today. People sign up because they're told to. Mm. all all the you know all the communication around health very much has brainwashed us into thinking we've got to join a gym then you get guilty because you don't go because you don't have dopamine reward circuits in the brain designed to make you go to the gym because we don't need to be doing that so you have to force yourself most people have to force themselves to maintain that kind of regime and you don't cancel your gym membership because you're guilty and you think that if you cancel it, you'll never go back and everything else. So it's a perfect revenue model for gyms because everyone signs up. They never go. They, they keep paying. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's, and it's a not fun. Model. I think, I think unless you love it, you said it in, you know, you just said if you want to go to the gym, if, if it's fun, then okay, that you might build that into your lifestyle. But I think for, certainly from my point of view it's not actually it's something i feel like it should do rather than i want exactly to do. that exactly that and it's not doing what you think it is you know how, how, you know what if if a kettle takes whatever how many minutes to boil would you still be boiling that kettle for 20 minutes no because you've mm. had the effect right at the start and th these the classes and the and and the way that we've built this you know in the early 90s i was part of this sector and we we're saying right we've got these new computer systems okay well how long should we make a aerobic class you know well how do mm. i don't know how long should we make it an hour you know how long because it's tidy blocks you know we'll do blocks of an hour and how long should, you know if, if we'd said right this session will be five minutes how much is someone going to pay for a session that's five minutes so so there's there isn't necessarily any hard evidence now around this the how these classes of structure, they came out of the 90s, that methodology we now know is flawed, but it's become the norm. It's the standard practice of yeah. classes or the way we warm up and do all of these different things. We don't need to be doing that. We need, we need to be on top of our gut bacteria, the time of day we eat, the time of day we get access to daylight, our sleep quality. And this, you know, sleep is a is a major one because when you when you start to look at how incredible the biology is and how it's evolved for efficiency, you know, it's, it's super efficient. It's in, absolutely incredible. There's no way that sleep would have stayed in that evolutionary progression if it if it wasn't doing something incredible. Because we, we spend we spend a third of our life asleep. I mean that that is that is nuts you know it, mm, it, it is mm. so so it is a that is one of the best things you can do 
is focus on your focus on your sleep. And you would and you say, out. you know, in terms of because I mean, you've, you've described reducing your biological age, would you say that is one of the sort of the fundamentals of, of I mean, I don't even know how, how, how is that marked? How do you measure when you say, okay, you're in your 50s, but you've, you've brought your biological age down? How does that work? So one, one of the main that there are many different um, kind of biological clocks. So all of our organs age at a different rate. Um, but what the kind of one of the standard ways of testing it now is to test chronic low grade inflammation. So we know that what we mean by biological aging is how, how fast our cells are aging. Mm. And that is, that is very much driven by chronic low grade inflammation. If you're, if your cells are not getting the opportunity to do all of the housekeeping work that they need to do as well as the metabolism and oh, there's more food coming in, right? We need some, you know, metabolism, we've got to get rid, got to store all of the energy, use all the energy up. There are other jobs, you know, housekeeping jobs that the cell needs to do. And there are certain pathways in the cell that are responsible for doing that and going out and making sure that all the waste products are removed and any misfolded proteins or, you know, it, basically making sure that epigenome is all functioning correctly and, and a clean and tidy cell, kind of think of it like that. Mm, mm. If, if you're never giving your, your cellular biology the opportunity to activate those say housekeeping pathways then that waste that all that clutter is just building up building up building up and that is driving chronic inflammation which we now know to be at the heart of most chronic diseases that kill us and so that can be defined as a biological age because we know that as we get older inflammation does rise but you can do things to slow that process. So staying on, staying on top of stress, staying on top of sleep, going for a walk every day, not, not sitting down constantly, being active. And active just can just mean standing up. Because standing up alone, you're fighting gravity. Right. It's, so, I mean, that, I mean, those are some of the hacks that you talk about, having a standing desk instead of a sitting down desk. Yeah. It sounds like steps rather than going to the gym is, is kind of, coming out as being more beneficial yeah yeah I, I i canceled my gym membership but i spent that money on fixing my environment so i got different lamps so this lamp i mean this isn't this is no good for an audio listener <laughs> but we're looking at a lamp here yeah that uh you know is a low level lamp and it, it's a dimmer lamp and using those in the evening instead of my overhead lights even on dimmers overhead because a light overhead a bright artificial light that's emitting blue light is mimicking sun the sun mm. for an ancient brain mm. so low level dimmed lighting i spent money on those i spent money on the gut test i spent money on the, the standing desk which is over there yeah you know say you spend 600 pounds on a gym membership if it's 50 quid a month then 600 pounds goes a long way. That's the biological age test. That's the gut health test. Mm. I also bought the ring. So the URA ring that I use to measure my sleep and stress levels and body temperature and, you know, basic step activity. And you're constantly looking at how you can track progress, but track what's going on in your body 
and take responsibility yeah. for your own health, if you like, rather than waiting for something to go wrong and yes, then exactly. going to find medical exactly. help. Because you don't, you know, you don't want to think of it like a petrol gauge. It gives you that, that great information. I've got, I've got a Triumph Bonneville motorbike and it's, it's old and it has no petrol gauge on it. And I have run out of petrol so many times on that bloody bike yeah. because it doesn't give me the information. And yeah. when, and that's like, right, you get a, suddenly get a symptom and you go to the doctor and you're diagnosed with something out of the blue. Mm. Whereas if you'd had a measurement tool that was giving you that information, you'd know when, when it was getting a bit low and you need to go to the petrol station. It's, and that's what these things are. They are the early warning signals that help you get on top of it. And what, once you start to understand it, you don't need to look at it every day. You know, I'm not obsessed about these figures. Mm. I was fascinated by the figures when I started to see how things I did in my day impacted my sleep quality, my, my heart rate variability levels gut bacteria. I, I learned a lot. And then, and then once you understand, you know that if, well, if, if I'm going to have dinner and a few glasses of wine late tonight, because it's an event, I know that it's going to negatively impact my sleep and my heart mm. rate variability probably for two days or three days afterwards. But I will then make sure that following that I have several earlier nights and just get back on track or do a bit of fasting to, you know, if I've put on a few pounds over a very entertaining weekend, yeah. then, then I'll just extend my fasting period and have breakfast later on the Monday to Friday following it. And so you, you, you know what you need to do. It's a, these things are learning tools that you don't need to be obsessed with forever. You just use them for data to yeah. understand how all these little things are impacting your biology and how to mitigate that stuff it's, it's super empower, empowering it's the future of our health system you know we need to take responsibility to yeah it has to be because you know the, the health system is is falling over and and a lot, a lot of that i mean what it what it essentially came down to for me was there was something you said in neuron the the second book you published about um if you can cancel going to the supermarket and just get a vegetable box and then you've yeah. got a real sort of sense of what's coming in. You you know you're going to eat a healthy supply of vegetables, find some different recipes. Yeah. Um, but but that just making that shift in your behaviour actually has an impact yeah. that that again is sustainable. Yeah. And so you, and it's you, about behaviour change. You know, this is yeah. what, what I'm what I'm trying to help people do is achieve behaviour change because that's what I had to do myself. I, I thought I was healthy. Yeah. I wasn't, you know, I was putting on a pound a year over 15 years as, which is very easy to do without even common, noticing. Yeah. That, and that's then what started to happen for me. That's why I wanted to dig into this in the first place. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, I was at a point where, okay, well, these clothes don't fit comfortably anymore. I either need to figure out what the freaking heck is going on here or, or I need to buy my a different size and yeah, i knew yeah. that that is the beginning of the end right when when you when you just go into that next that, that next size up you just sort of give up it's, and it's, say. it's difficult so and i was heading towards my 50th birthday and i thought I, I know that this isn't normal we've kind of normalized oh yeah as you get older you put on weight you know you have all these problems and and menopause and it's all due mm. to that no it's it's not it's not this is not true 
It's not true. Mm. It's our habits that are causing all of that. And once you fix your habits, it is life changing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you people can who, who are listening to this and are interested, you actually do the microbiome test because a lot of this is related to gut health. And I think we're understanding now that so much more of what goes on in our gut is responsible for our overall wellness. Yeah, it's it's really, you know, your approach, this smart wellness approach, as much as anything is about rather than putting a load of bad fuel into your body and then having to exercise to get rid of the fat that is sort of being produced, think about the the fuel that's going in. So so if somebody wanted to yeah. do a, a microbiome test, how does that help them? What do, what, what do they get to know? So there, there are many, many on the market now. Um, and what, what I wanted to do, because there, there are some very complex ones that give you you know, tell you every bacterial species that's in that's in your gut, which is super interesting, but I, I don't think that's the best way to start. So I went out to try and find a lab that could do a very basic entry gut test, because I think what people need to know is the simplest information. It's like a score out yeah. of 10 or, you know, are, are you low average or, or good? Um, and, and here are the things that are driving that score. And here are the little things that you can do to improve that score. Because the more information you get, sometimes it's too overwhelming and you just can't act on it. Mm, mm. So, so we partnered with a, a, a really nice family uh, company that's been running a very long time, got a lab in Derby. And we sell that smart gut test that comes with an online course so that there's a there's kind of a learning journey involved in it rather than just getting results and not understanding and link that with the, with the fruit and veg box that we now do called 30 diversity, because I, when I was looking into the gut bacteria research, it was evident that we don't eat enough. It's not that we don't eat enough fruit and vegetables. We don't, in, we don't eat enough different types fruits mm. and vegetables mm. and the research that was coming out of the american gut project and the british gut project was showing that people who who had who consumed 30 at least 30 different types of fruits and vegetables nuts seeds um you know plants basically each week had a significantly reduced rate of illness and right. disease yeah, yeah. so the the more diverse your plant intake the higher your gut diversity because you've got lots of different types of bacteria in there. And I couldn't find a farm shop or anywhere that would give me anywhere near 30 different types of, of fruits and vegetables in a box. And so I partnered with um, some lovely farming families and we set up this 30 diversity box, which I thought was going to be a lot easier than, than it is. <laughs> who, who knew? Well, who yeah, knew? I mean, that's oh, something God. I'd really love to hear from you is what have been the challenges for getting this message out? Because it, it, it's at the end of the day, it's founded in a lot of common sense, you know, yeah. and here are the ideas. And but to actually build a business and to to get the message out there, what, what's been the biggest challenge for you? Yeah, well. Well, I thought the books was, I, th I thought that communicating the content mm. was the way to do it. But then I realized that I, the barriers that I had faced and had to overcome myself was the fact that there weren't the simplistic and affordable tools available 
you know, I, I did a gut test, but it was 200 quid, you know, I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's a lot of, quite a lot of money. Um, and the same with the fruits and vegetables, I could not find that box. And so I had to create a box for myself mm. because it's, you can't really do it with the supermarkets because they send replacement things. You know, I end up getting a bag of six pears and it's like, well, I only need one pear. Mm. I need one pear, one banana, one kiwi fruit, one, but they're, the supermarkets are not set up for that. So, so the biggest challenge was then realizing, okay, the books kind of help teach these principles and this, this information, but then unless there are the tools yeah. to help people easily do it, because we need easy, we, none of us have got any time, you know, we're time poor, so it needs to be simple. And so then it was about thinking, right, well, how, how do you go about sending fruit and vegetable boxes to people all over the UK, you yeah, know, it's like, yeah, how complicated is that? And it turns out it's very complicated because you've got to have the right thickness of cardboard and the cardboard absorbs the, cause the, the produce is cold when it goes in. So it's slightly damp and then the, the cardboard absorbs that. Who knew that cat? I yeah. did not know that. Then it was just different types of packaging. Cause I, you know, I'm, I, I want to try and be sustainable. So we don't want loads and loads and loads of different plastic you know everything mm, wrapped mm. in plat so how do you get around that and then the delivery points and then it's you know it was it was it's just been a nightmare and there have been a million times that i would have given up over the last 12 months just with this just with the fruit and veg box alone because it's wow. just been so difficult but now um you know it arrives on a tuesday with courier, couriers pick it up people pack it people pick it up the couriers deliver it to people doorsteps and the next step with that is that i want to link it to the gut test so that instead of just getting 30 different fruits which which enables you to tick the 30 diversity box which are the mm. new nutritional recommendations but i want to be able to personalize it so that for example, if someone knew that they don't have gut bacteria for tomatoes right now, say, or peppers or beetroot, because they don't have the, that bacteria right now, then those items are not in the box. The, the items that are in their box are the superfoods that we know they have the bacteria that can metabolize and produce the metabolites and the short chain fatty acids that our system then uses to drive the immune system and and you know all, all our kind of cellular functioning so that personalization is the next step with it but it's complicated yeah and and it and i don't want it to be expensive because i really want all of this to try and be either free you know a lot of this stuff is free learn how to breathe that's free mm. have mm. a late breakfast that's free it even it actually saves you money because you don't end up having breakfast you're saving the cost of a meal every day when yeah. you're doing intermittent fasting by fasting for 16 hours overnight so there's well, buying this of, processed food actually is is you know a lot yeah of i mean just when you can just, get hold of it is it's, and not and not going to the supermarket saved me a fortune and mm. i i i was speaking at the world neuromarketing forum a couple of years ago as a speaker and people don't realize how much they're being influenced when they go to the supermarket no. you know from from the minute you drive into the car park 
yeah, yeah. The, the advertising, the lighting, the sounds, the placement on the displays, the colours. The pins when it's the, Wimbledon, the, you know, and it's I, all put, that suggestion thing. Putting the putting the sugar fueled cereals at children's eye level so that yeah, they're bugging yeah. you for, for that for that poison. You know, all of that. You're being super influenced. You cannot help. You cannot. It's very difficult to go in there just for a list of fruits and vegetables say you, you know mm, you can't because mm. your arms shoot out and you, your arms yeah. just shoot out and grab things it, you can't and if you it, go when that, you're hungry oh my god uh, well it's, 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 yeah that's fate <laughs> that's the fatal mistake but but i honestly i saved so much money because i i i now go to the supermarket very rarely and it, and it used to be my habit of going home i'd get to, you know back from london cars at the station just pop into the supermarket on the way home to pick up a do. few things yeah fatal fatal I, you know you 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 spend so much money on things that you don't need and you don't actually want you know you're, yeah. you're just being triggered when you go in that environment so i i'm a very big fan of set up subscriptions for things that you know that you need on a repeat basis, set up a subscription, you know, yeah. this, which is about the, you know, the fruit and veg box is that it now comes to my door every Tuesday and I, you know, eat my way through it. That's your and inspiration then, for what you're going to eat. Yeah. So and, I and the, next, the next logical thing is to start suggesting some recipes. And, but I think there's a lot of yeah. that stuff out there for, you know, creative yeah, ways yeah. to. Actually, I've just, I've just um, hooked up with a great, lovely chef called Lisa Marley, who does brilliant Instagram videos. And we met and we went on a kombucha workshop class. It, it was a lot of fun. And wow. um, because the kombucha, you know, all the in the place that I've set up here, this smart wellness hub, our live, live bacteria bar is all kombuchas, kefirs, things like that. They all have live bacteria in all of our drinks. Wow. And we met and yeah, we, we said exactly this, right, let's put some recipes together um, based on the contents of the box. And it's also interesting to hear how other people have, have used it because it's, we need to, to shift away from the way we've been conditioned because the way that we do food shopping is you look to see what you've run out of. Yeah. And you make a list of all the things you've run out of and you go and get the same things again. Mm, mm. There's very little diversity going on in your diet. If you're doing and I think that. a lot of us have the same sort of, you know, the go-to recipes. And I think one of the other things that's happening more and more I see in my kids' generation is you just get deliveries and then that's a recipe for disaster because it's more yeah. food than you actually need. And yeah, it's often yeah. a lot of extra fats and sugars in there that yeah, yeah. you haven't put I in mean, I did, I didn't actually name check any of these companies in the book, but I did a lot of research on this when I was trying to figure out, right, what, what is the healthiest way to eat? And so I, so I subscribed to a lot of the recipe, you know, the meal boxes and things and mm -hmm. was truly horrified at not only the, you know, the, the kind of calorific and the nutrient profile that, that's kind of made to look good, but it's but it's white rice and it's, mm -hmm. you know, white this and it, and the, but, but even worse than that for me was the fact that they are driving a message around food waste saying that if you subscribe to this, you'll only be sent the exact amount you need. So you won't be wasting food, but that means that every item 
is in a plastic wrapper. Yeah. And you get, you just are left with a colossal pile of bits of plastic, which is horrific. Whereas if you had ended up with some food that was wasted, that's biodegradable. Mm. That is how the earth has evolved for many millions, billions of years. Things grow and then they decompose and they die. And that is the natural cycle of things. And, and so I'm, you know, I, I veered away from those, those kind of meal subscriptions because they're not actually as healthy as you think often. And it's just unnecessary packaging. Mm. You know, we're, we're, mm. we're cluttering the world up with plastic. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I know one of the, the things that you, I mean, you, you explain is, is really helpful for creating new synapses in your brain is just this learning something new every day. And for you, yeah. that has often involved music because you, yeah. you know, you, you're also known, you're Dr. Julia Jones, but you're also known as Dr. Rock because you spend yeah. a lot of time DJing and are you still a member of a band? Um, funnily enough, yes, because my, so my, for my brain exercise this year, because even when you are a musician, you can still build new neural pathways by learning new instruments or mm. new techniques. Mm. So throughout life, throughout any age, um, it's the, you know, the most efficient method of, of doing this because learning a musical instrument is so complex, is a complex novel task, which is the ideal um, recipe for building new brain connections. And so I decided to learn how to play Jimmy, uh, lead guitar like Jimi Hendrix oh, wow. this year. And I was talking at an event in July and someone in the audience came back the following week and said that, you know, during the Q&A, you mentioned that you were learning lead guitar and we're, set, we're setting up an all-female rock group. We're all learning instruments, but we can't find a female lead guitarist. So do you want to be the lead guitarist in our new, in our new group? Wow. So, uh, so I was like, yeah, and the, and the name of it, and when she told me the name of it, I thought, I'm in, I'm definitely in, because the name of this band is called Pretty Crap. And and so far we've had a few pretty crap rehearsals and Halloween weekend, we've got our first pretty crap gig. Whoa. Where's that going to be? And that is in Folkestone. Right. And and we're we're actually going to be playing because I've I've launched a smart wellness experience, a live show that I'm testing out of like teaching all this stuff in a live, live event format. And I've been doing that in uh, uh, the Camden Club in London. And the third show, so I've been doing a monthly residence, and the third show actually lands just before Jimi Hendrix's 80th birthday. So, so I'm going to unleash my new Jimi Hendrix uh, lead guitar skills at that event, which I'm, amazing, which is fast approaching, and I need to do more rehearsals. Well, you know, I think when you get up on stage there's often something happens there's just a shift isn't there if you can just allow yourself to have fun yeah, exactly you get into that, flow state yeah, yeah. you are you yeah, will yeah. get into that flow just because you know yeah. why you're there and, and you know a lot yeah. of your philosophy yeah. is around if you've got a purpose behind it, it it's it feels like it's ticking the fun box you know it's like yeah absolutely it's absolutely fun and absolutely. I you know, I know you have a whole history of your first book was called The Music Diet, and it's all about, yeah. so it's not just that when you learn an instrument or you learn something new, you're creating those neural pathways. It's actually 
music as a, a mood booster, music as a way to lift you or as you're going to sleep to soothe you. You know, I yeah. think I think what I, I appreciate most about your work is it's this all roundness. It's like looking at all the aspects of your life and those little tweaks you can make. Yeah, yeah. And people we forget that, you know, that the way that we experience life is through the signals that our brain receives. So our brain, you know, 80 billion neurons in a dark box in our skull, it only knows what's going on outside by the information that it receives through our ears, through our eyes, through touch, through taste, through smell, right? Or through our senses. Yeah. And so every sensory channel is an input point to the brain, which is why music and sound is so super powerful because we not only receive music through our ears, we also re receive it through our skin because it's, it's air molecules, you know, flying through the, through space towards Literally us. Literally is that vibration. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. the vibration, so it's very, very powerful. And music, I, I was shown this 30 years ago when I, I was on a, a student exchange. So I was a sport and exercise science student in Cardiff. We did an exchange with the a sport and exercise students in LA, which I, which I still find Blowing fascinating yeah. that you know, anyone in LA would have signed up to go to Raymond <laughs> and I get to go to LA. But while I, while I was there, I was invited to visit the US Naval base there. And the, the PT instructors showed me, so this, this was in the early 90s. They, I was in a band and a DJ, so I was into music. And they showed me how they were using music to reduce anxiety in high pressure situations, to boost endurance in physical um, activities, to boost confidence, motivation, to improve sleep quality. They were using music back then as, as that, which we now call a biohack. You yeah, know, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, is, it is an efficient hack that directly influences our biological uh, circuitry. And you've actually gone into the science behind it. You know, I think that's your PhD and you've really yeah. looked into not just, okay, this makes sense and, and it kind of works, but it's again, back to this why does it work? How does it work? Um, yeah, exactly. I think that's what comes through when you're reading your books. You get a real understanding of your own brain and what's going on in there. Yeah, I, I, I've tried to simplify the science while leaving enough science in for it to be interesting. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Because I, yeah. I think I do think science. Science is fascinating. And I, I think that sometimes people think, oh, people say this to me. It's like, oh, I'm no good at science. You know, I'm, oh, science is too difficult for me because we're kind of, we have an experience around science at school. And then you kind of have this limiting belief that you can't do science, you know, because yeah, of some yeah, yeah. That we're not school experience. But, yeah. but everything is science. You know, I mean, all, our, all the appliances in our kitchens are applied science. You know, that's what, yeah. that's where that word Cooking comes from. Cooking is science. It's, it's yeah. science. It's all yeah. chemical reactions, things that we're doing every day, but there's this knowledge gap where we just really have no idea. We, we have more understanding about how our phones work than yeah. how our bodies work yeah. for most people. And, and that is a limiting factor. So yeah. the books are meant to be right. How, how can, how can I help people? like learn as much as possible with the minimum amount of effort. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, that's, that's the aim. That's you're definitely achieving it. Now I always ask all my guests as a roundup. Um, it's been a pleasure to talk to you, but 
What's the song? You've mentioned Jimi Hendrix. He's obviously a clear influence. And I think, you know, that I feel good factor is is a good piece to put on when you want to just lift your mood if you're feeling a bit flat. But is there a particular song that you're going to add to my collection? Definitely. So so since I was a teenager, I've been obsessed with Blondie and the whole New York scene oh, and CBGBs yeah. and everything. And a song that I use repeatedly, and I also use it in my talks and things, is Blondie's One Way or Another. Brilliant. Because brilliant. I love the fact that, you know, that that phrase is about not giving up, right? And it's like, yeah. well, if this doesn't work you try this and if that doesn't work it tries this you try that and it's it's being relentless in that not just being resigned to oh well I have ill health you know I, I meet so many people who their whole life they've had like oh yeah I have a funny tummy you know I have gut issues I'm like yeah. oh my god like it doesn't have to be like that it really does you can literally fix this in six months yeah and so it's you know it's being c- committing to just just and and some people can do that more than others because some people are more self-motivated than others and some people need buddies you know and that's yeah, what we're working and, and on at the moment and maybe just being kind to yourself taking it one step at a time you know but if if there's anyone here who is you know suffering from some of those chronic illnesses you know irritable bowel syndrome um the yeah. things that you you've said in your books don't need to be the truth for you what yeah. is the best way to work with you? I know you do courses. Do you do one-to-one coaching? How does it work? Um, I'm not doing one-to-one coaching at the moment because it's just so hectic at, mm, the, at present because of the new because the new book and uh, we've just opened the Smart Wellness Center and we've just got the got the food box running up and running. So, but we are doing group stuff and um, so on the website. I mean, it's neuronwellness.com. There's the online courses. We're, we're doing webinars. We've got the shows. If if you if people are in London, the next show at the Camden Club is October the it's the last Thursday of every month. So I think that's Thursday, October the twenty fourth and November the twenty seventh. So, so those I teach shows you're live teaching, on stage. You're you're using your music. You're teaching yeah. your methodologies. You're yeah. you're basically bringing the whole thing into a sort of a fun environment. Yeah, yeah, we do interactive stuff. So the last show, I took someone out of the audience, and we put the brain gear on him and wow. did things that interactive. We did singing shows what happened in the brain when we all sing together and that kind of that kind of thing. So, and I've actually got an agent in Las Vegas now because they're interested in this format for the convention center because it's kind of edutainment. You know, have you heard of this? Yeah, it's yeah, this, yeah. This That's the first time I've heard of, that phrase, but it makes sense. Uh, yeah, it's about and and things like you know Brian Cox is is doing a lot of that really well of teaching people you know the O2 arena teaching people about the cosmos and the universe mm-hmm. and and teaching that science in a much more entertaining way. So so yeah, it'd be interesting to see what we what we can do with this show. And I've got I've got other I'm training up other neuroscientists and musicians to be able to go and present it and go and do it elsewhere so that I don't have to so that it's not all reliant on me all the time yeah yeah so it's how to take it and scale it absolutely that's the next step but but yeah so people can go and there's there's an online course you can you know really follow along the program and really understand the methodology and and then if you feel like it go to a live show amazing and would you say is there is there one piece of wisdom that you have sort of used as a a mantra something that you stick by to keep you on track to help you 
you know, really live, step into this smart wellness space? Yeah, my, mine is stay curious. So stay. I think that curiosity of always wanting to learn something new because the science complete continually evolves. That's why it's totally ridiculous that we're still doing the same things in the gym that we were when I graduated in the early nineties, you know, the science has moved on. And so being interested and curious and learning throughout the whole lifetime, I think is a real good longevity tool when it, when, if you want to live healthily to a hundred, yeah brilliant oh well thank you stay curious that is a brilliant piece of advice for anyone who is interested you've got so many resources on your website if you are curious you can go and find out a bit more about it but in the meantime i wish you all the best of luck with pretty crap and their next uh, solution <laughs> sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun wembley wembley stadium next stop <laughs> <laughs> And thank you, thank you for the work you're doing. It's really life-changing. Thanks for inviting me. It's great talking to you. Stay curious indeed. Solid advice there from Dr. Julia Jones. If you're interested in anything Julia was talking about, you can head over to neuronwellness.com and find out more about the online courses and getting your gut microbiome tested, if that's of interest to you, or her own website, drjuliajones.com. And there's links there for all of the books that she's written, all of which provide a simple framework for making small adjustments that really do make a big difference to your overall health. And the other good news this week for music lovers everywhere is that Taylor Swift's album Midnight was released. If, like the Preston family, you're a big Taylor Swift fan, you'll be super excited. And although I don't think she'll ever quite top folklore or evermore, it's still a pretty exciting time. And given that Julia has recommended that music at the right time in the right place can be such a mood booster, I think this is one to look out for. I do hope you enjoy it. And thank you again for joining me. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening. There are almost a million podcasts out there to choose from, so I really appreciate you for choosing this one and spending your valuable time with me today. If you found it helpful, I would be truly grateful if you would rate and review it as it helps others to find us. And if you haven't already, you can hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts to be sure of getting every episode sent to you. You can find all the resources we talk about and more about my guests in the show notes over at collectivewisdom.podbean.com or you can find me on Instagram at collectivewisdompod where I'd love to hear any feedback, suggestions for new guests or comments that you have. I'd love to hear from you. And if you're interested to know more about how my coaching can help you, you can find more about that on my website at catpreston.com. Thank you so much for joining me.